0: Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for reminding us yesterday that we are not better than the harlot, the liar, the murderer, because all of us are as little able to touch the stars as they are. Thank you for helping us to realize that it is you who reach out to us with your righteousness not us who reach out to you with the works of the law. We ask you to continue to deepen our understanding of your grace and the righteousness so that we will appreciate Christ above now, Christ above now, today and every moment of our life. In the most reaching out, restoring, recreating name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Yesterday in the second half of Romans three, Beth Kim told us the good news and the turning point of our spiritual reality. That is, God has mercy on us, mercy on us. That although we all sinned and fell short of God's glory, but now the new righteousness of God, the overflowing justification of Christ, has been given to us. Paul wanted to want us to know that this new righteousness of God was not a new theory that he invented as some Jewish people accused Paul of, but an old truth, an old truth of God which the law and prophet already testified. God's justification by faith alone is not Paul's idea, but God's idea to prove that Apostle Paul brings out two major biblical characters who experience the very justification by faith alone in the Old Testament. So now let's read our Romans, our text today, Romans 4, 1 to 12, and find out who Paul was talking about. So Romans chapter 4, verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about but not before God. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him as a righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is accredited as a righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Is this a blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith, was accredited to him as a righteousness. Under what circumstances was he accredited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received the circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had a faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is a father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of a circumcised who not only are circumcised, but also follow in the footsteps of a faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Paul brings out Abraham and David, two major characters of the Old Testament, to prove that justification by faith alone was as old as Abraham and David. It was the modus operandi, or mode of operation, of God and his faithful servant in Jewish history. Abraham, the father of a nation of Israel, and David, the most famous king of Israel who made their nation most powerful in their history, were the biblical supporters for Paul's so-called doctrine of a salvation, or soteriology. Long before Martin Luther famously preached the justification by faith alone, or what Protestants called the sola fide in the 16th century in Europe, the ancient biblical figures practiced their faith in God's promise and mercy. Both the father of a faith and the man after God's heart experienced God who counted or credited their faith and trust as a righteousness. The key word in this passage is accredited or account. This word appeared eight times in our text today. The Greek word was a logizomai, logizomai, which means to reckon or to charge with, to decide, to conclude, and to count. Logizomai Originated from famous root word logos, logos or logos, the word or reason. Logos is a divine reason or absolute creative wisdom in Greek culture. From this, we have an English word logic or logical, which means sound judgment or cohesive thinking. Lagizomai was originally an accounting term or financial, you know, uh, uh, term. To credit something means to empower a certain purchasing power. So what is your credit limit? I have a several credit cards, and one of them somehow has a high credit limit because once I consolidated, transferred my other credit card debt, and the bank graciously, or I might say greedily, expanded my credit limit so that I will be forever in debt to them. High credit means a massive buying power. A Christian businessman once told me that if you owe a little to a bank, they will treat you like a dirt and they will harass you. But if you owe so much, like hundreds of millions of dollars, they will treat you like a treasure and they will even honor you. They will even care about your health because if you can pay back, the banker will be greatly affected. Do you know how much credit God gave to us? The Bible tells us, God credited the righteousness or richness of a Christ, his only Son, to us. You and I have the highest purchasing power in the universe through the Son of God. According to the Bible. He is our collateral. He is the price that God paid for us, and the Holy Spirit is our guarantor. I'm kind of tempted to contemplate on the richness of God's love, but let me focus on our text first. First Paul describes Abraham's experience of God's gracious righteousness or justification by faith chronologically, keys chronologically. Today's a passage starts with Abraham and ends with Abraham. And the middle is a David's confession, which is our second point. So give you an analogy to remember, this is a very crucial text in the Bible. Let me compare today's story to a hamburger. So Abraham was a bread and David was a patty. So first, let's look at the bread or Abraham's experience. First 1 and 2, Paul said, what then shall we say? Did we discover Abraham to be our forefather according to the flesh or according to his faith? It is, It was by his faith in God's promise that he became the father of our faith. Otherwise, Abraham will boast not God's grace but his own good works of the flesh. Here Paul quotes Genesis 15.6 which says, Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited to him as a righteousness. The detailed background of Genesis 15 comes out later in chapter 4, which we will learn tomorrow. The most important thing about Abraham's story in this passage is that when Abraham was circumcised in Genesis seventeen ten, Abraham was 99 years old, and the uh, in Genesis 15 6 we just quoted, Abraham when Abraham believed and was credited credited as a righteous by God, Abraham was around 85 years old. That's what Paul tried to remind us. So verse 10, Paul said, was a, you know under what circumstance was Abraham credited as a righteousness? And was it after he was circumcised or before? And Paul emphatically said it was not after circumcision, but before the circumcision. And if God credited and considered Abraham righteous before the circumcision, he was a father of faith as an uncircumcised. So circumcision was not the condition or cause of his righteousness, but consequence or simply sign of his righteousness. In Paul's earlier letter to Galatians chapter 3, Apostle Paul once again told us the law came 430 years after Abraham. Therefore, chronologically, righteousness by faith alone came first and foremost as a foundation of a covenant with God. This means Abraham trusted God with faith and righteousness first and his obedience to God's later command. To circumcise, even sacrifice his you know, son Isaac was an afterthought. Therefore, law and circumcision cannot make one righteous before God, but only faith in God will make both Jews and Gentile righteous before God. Now let's go to David's experience of God's justification by faith. Paul said in verse 6, David says the same thing, when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from the works. Paul said, David also says the same thing or agrees the same spiritual principle. Just like Abraham received God's justification by faith alone, David also experienced God's righteousness by faith alone. And then Paul quoted David Psalm thirty two and here Apostle Paul is describing God's gracious justification by faith alone for David psychologically. So Abraham's experience or story of a righteousness of God by faith alone was described chronologically whereas David's experience expressed psychologically. So look at the verse 7. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one who sinned. The Lord will never count. The word count is once again logizomai, or credited against them. David here didn't say, blessed are those who never transgressed against God or never committed sin. He said, blessed are those Whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Here David was talking about God forgiving his sin of adultery with Pesheba. David broke three laws of the Ten Commandment. He committed someone else's wife, he committed adultery, and he even murdered the Uriah. As we will see uh, as we learn this summer. The fall of David from God was tremendously scandalous. No patriarchs of a faith in the Old Testament ever fell flat this horribly. So how did David overcome such a huge failure and self-appointment? It was God's merciful forgiveness to rescue David from his own unrighteousness and trauma. We must know that core of God's righteousness by faith alone is nothing but God's love. Justification by faith alone means God's unchanging love for us and our trust that unchanging love. Yesterday, Beth mentioned the faith of Christ versus Faith of in Christ, and she rightly concluded, we need a faith in Christ who had a faith in God. So we need a sort of a faith, a faith, you know, a, a faith in Christ, and who believe in God on the cross. Christ expresses a faith in God and in us. Do you remember Christ saying, "Father, forgive them." for they do not know what they are doing. They are not evil, Father. They are just ignorant. Once they know your heart, they can change. Have mercy on them. Forgive them, Lord. Father, give them a second chance. That's how our justification by faith alone could come. Dear brothers and sisters, let us experience God's righteousness by faith alone. That's when we know there is nothing in this world, even our failures, even our trauma, even this world, nothing in this world can separate us from God who loves us to end without failure. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your lavish love and amazing grace. You love me just as you loved Abraham and David. Although I'm not obedient like Abraham and courageous like David, you care for me in the same love and grace. As we recognize that it is your grace and faithfulness that made Abraham the father of our faith, we are so grateful that you will also mature each one of us to be faithful and trusting like Abraham. We are also amazed by your forgiveness of David, who, which is more scandalous than even his sinking sins. In David's repentance, we see our hope to receive your mercy and even triumph over our trauma. Gracious Heavenly Father, You are same yesterday, today, and forever. In your everlasting and ever-gracious righteousness, we rest our souls and rededicate our life today for the glory of your Son and our Savior who justified us on the cross. Amen.